So today we celebrate a day that's recorded in all four gospel accounts of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a day that we know as Palm Sunday. But this morning, we're going to focus on a doctor's account of what happened on this incredible day over 2,000 years ago. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, if you didn't know it, Luke was a physician. He was a physician that uh, was in a family practice, and so he had uh, a lot of concern and care for people. But in Luke chapter 19, we're going to begin reading in verse 28, and the Bible says, when he, speaking of Jesus, had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village opposite you where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Then you shall say, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had sent it to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing that colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. And then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they sent Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road, then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice, praising God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, saying, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. You know, friends, I wish that we could go back to Jerusalem and relive and actually witness the events of this tremendous day. How exciting would it be to be part of the crowds that walked with Jesus down that winding road to the Mount of Olives, down past the Garden of Gethsemane, across the Kidron Valley, and up through the Great Eastern Gate into the city of Jerusalem. Man, that would be a parade we would never forget. You know, we as a nation love parades, don't we? I mean, just think of it. On Thanksgiving Day, millions tune in to watch the Macy's Day Parade. Locally, many parents take their children to see Christmas parades in all the surrounding towns. On Veterans Day and Memorial Day, we uh, honor those who have sacrificially given their lives for the cause of freedom. Hometowns honor their Super Bowl and World Series championships with parades. Parades are held uh, to celebrate victories and to praise returning war heroes. Oh, friend, we love parades. But you know, as a hardworking, faithful Christian, 
Have you ever wondered, hey, I've been faithful to my church. I've diligently served in the church's ministries. Hey, I've been caring for others. I've done my part in rescuing the perishing. Hey, where's my parade? Where's my praise? Where's my applause? My response to you, friend, is this. You're not home yet. You're not home yet. It's true. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. But every once in a while, wouldn't it be nice just to hear the applause of the crowd? You see, everyone appreciates applause. And this triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem provided an opportunity for people to applaud God and to lift their voices in praise to Him. And so this morning, we are going to look at several aspects of this parade. And we're going to allow the scriptures to ask us, has Jesus triumphantly entered our life? Let's begin by looking at these crowds. Looking at these crowds, you see, it was Passover time in Jerusalem, and Jews from all over the world were crowding into the city. News had gone out that Jesus was on his way, and so a crowd of people rushed out to meet him, but actually there were two crowds. One crowd was accompanying Jesus as he came down from Bethany. The other was surging from Jerusalem out to meet him. Everyone was excited that Jesus was coming. And as these crowds met him, they received him like a conquering hero. However, this sight of uh, this chaotic welcome angered the Jewish leaders, it seems perhaps that they were a little jealous. And no matter how hard they tried, friend, the Bible says that nothing would seem to stop the people from worshiping Jesus. Now, of course, we know that there were some in the crowds who were just curious sightseers. They had heard that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, and they hoped that they might see some sensational miracle for themselves. But most of the crowd, most of those people greeted Jesus wildly. In fact, in one translation, quoting Matthew, the Bible said that the crowds all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. God's man is here. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest. Mark says, the crowds followed and cried out, Hail to the King, the blessed one who comes in the name of God. The Gospel of John says, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went down to the road and they were shouting, the Savior, God bless the King of Israel. Hail to God's ambassador. You see, they thought that with Jesus as their King, they would be absolutely convinced that it was only a matter of time. 
It was only a matter of time before the trumpets would ring out and the call to arms would be sounded and the Jewish nation would finally have victory over the Roman Empire and even the whole world. But friend, listen carefully. These crowds, these large congregations of people really misunderstood who Jesus Christ was. So we've looked at those crowds, so maybe we need to look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. With these crowds in a frenzy, it was impossible for Jesus to speak to them. Do you know how difficult it is to try to speak to an excited crowd? And so what did Jesus do? Jesus did something that all of them could see. He sent for a donkey's colt, and he came riding into town on it. Now that's kind of a strange way for a king to make an entry, wouldn't you say? But Jesus was providing a visual statement to the crowd that he was fulfilling the words of the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. You see, both Matthew and John quote the Old Testament prophet Zechariah as a clear prediction concerning how the Savior would enter Jerusalem one day. Zechariah 9.9, the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, O my people. Shout with joy, for look, your king is coming. He is the righteous one, and he offers salvation. He is the victor. He is lowly, humble, riding on a donkey's colt. Now, friend, that passage tells us some things about Jesus. But it also tells us some things about why this parade was so important. It says, see, your king, your king comes to you righteous and offering salvation. This parade was announcing plainly, my friend, that the world, that Jesus Christ is the king. But it's also saying that Jesus was a very special kind. Of king. You see, donkeys were usually thought of as animals that poor people would ride upon. But in Bible times, it was considered very noble to be riding on a donkey. Kings and princes and judges would ride upon donkeys. But when a king came in, if he was riding a horse, then the king was bent on war. But if he rode a donkey, he came in peace. And so Zechariah said the king of kings would be gentle, lowly, humble, riding upon a donkey. And so what Jesus is doing here is supplying this visual picture to help his disciples and those in the crowd, helping them to understand that he comes not as a war maker, but as the peacemaker. You see, Jesus said God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friend, it's this king who comes into the world to restore life as God intended. It's this king, friend, who comes to reconcile the relationship that we have broken with God. It's this king, friend, who has come to pay the price that was necessary for sin so that you and I, can have peace with God. 
Has Jesus triumphantly entered your life? Friend, is Jesus truly your king? And so we've looked at these crowds. We've looked at the Lord Jesus. Perhaps it's time to look at the donkey's owners. Friend, did you catch what Luke said about the donkey's owners in verse 33? But as they were loosing the colt, the owners, say owners, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing that colt? You see, apparently, this donkey had more than one owner. Donkeys, we know, were a means of transportation. We know them to be a, a beast of burden, pulling farmers' plows. We know them to be uh, doing many strenuous things that man can't do. But donkeys were also very expensive. And most people couldn't afford a good donkey. And so what happened here is, is that several pulled their money together and bought this donkey. But have you ever wondered, how did Jesus know that that donkey was there? Did he use his telepathic vision? Did he use his extrasensory perception to coerce the owners of this donkey to cooperate with the disciples? Well, I'm not limiting the power of Jesus by any means, but I'm inclined to believe that Jesus probably had walked up and down that road many times before. And maybe he had seen this colt and he already talked to the owners and he explained to them that one day soon he was going to have need of that animal. The bigger question was, would they be willing to give Jesus such a prized possession? Whatever the case is, the day finally arrives and Jesus tells his disciples, go into town and find a colt, a donkey. No one has ever ridden it, and when you find it, untie it. And if anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs it. And that will be enough. And that's exactly what happens when the owners heard that the Lord needs it, they freely let them have it. But when they gave that donkey, friend, when they gave that donkey, they were given their best. When they gave that donkey, they were giving the most that they had to give. Can I ask you, what is the most important thing in your life today? Is it your money? Is it your house? Is it your job? Is it your car? Is the most important thing to you your time, your family, or something else? Friend, your answer to that question will tell you a whole lot about yourself. So you need to ask yourself, I need to ask myself, if Jesus came by today and he said, I have need of that, whatever it is, would we be willing to give it? 
surrender it to him as these owners surrendered that donkey? Would you be willing for him to take it and use it as he pleased? Or would we hold on to it, clinging to that which God had already given us? They said, whatever the Lord needs, and we have it, it's his. And so they gave their donkey. So finally today, let's look at this donkey. You know, horses are beautiful creatures. Their coats shine in the sun. They have flowing manes that flow in the breeze. They have long, graceful legs that can gallop for miles at the time. They have those soft eyes and that, that sound that they make kind of radiates power and radiates strength. But not the donkey. The donkey's hair looks like mine when I wake up in the morning. The donkey's tail is often knotted and messy. The donkey's mane is nothing beautiful to behold. The donkey's ears are way too big for its head. And when you hear a donkey bray, it always makes us laugh. As I was talking to Barrett Hill this week, we decided we were going to make the sound of a, of a donkey. How does it go, Barrett? That makes me laugh. Yet on the road to Jerusalem, this little donkey hears people shouting, Hosanna, praise God, to him who comes in the name of the Lord. This little donkey sees people spreading their coats on the road before him. This little donkey sees people waving palm leaves to honor him. And for just a little while, this donkey that's not supposed to be in parades is. For just a few moments, this donkey is the focus of attention. Why? Because sitting on the saddle of his life is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, my friend, if there's ever a parade dedicated to me, it will only be because of Jesus sitting on the throne of my life. Just like the donkey, I'm just an ordinary creature. Now, that don't mean that I am a donkey or that you can call me a donkey or any other name. It just means that Jesus has come into my life and that Jesus makes all the difference. Friend, Palm Sunday has a message for our church today. Jesus is passing by. And he is saying, the Lord has need of you how will you respond will we turn our backs and reject him like the Pharisees did 
Or will we support him for a while like the crowd did? And then when we get out into the real world, just crucify him all over again by our behaviors, our words, and our attitudes? Or will we be like the owners of this donkey who gave what they had just so Jesus could have that parade? Friend, I believe that we're to be a lot like that donkey. Because God wants to change us. God wants to transform us and make us into something very, very special. He wants to make us into one of his very own children. Friend, my question for you this morning is will you invite Jesus the Lord of lords and the King of kings, will you invite him into your heart today? Will you invite him to be the king of your life today? Will you march Christian with that great parade of other faithful and obedient Christians? Friend, will you march till Jesus comes again, having crowned him Jesus, the King of kings? My friend, if you are outside the kingdom of God this morning, we at Bethel Baptist Church want to extend to you an invitation to be changed, to be transformed by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, and the forgiveness of God. By accepting and becoming a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our prayer for you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for this exciting event, this parade dedicated to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, who would have ever thought that there would be so many lessons for us to learn from Palm Sunday? Lord, help us to not be like the crowd, misunderstanding why Jesus came. Father, help us to be like Jesus and be willing to give that that we have, that which you've given us, for his glory. Father help us to be like the owners of this donkey. Who are willing to give their best. Willing to give the most they had. To glorify and magnify the son of God. And Lord ultimately I pray. That we would be humble and lowly. Like this little donkey. This little donkey. Who is just ordinary. But because Jesus was sitting on the saddle of his life, he was made very, very special. Lord, I pray for that person that is within earshot of my voice this morning. Lord, that if they are outside the kingdom of God, Lord, that they would come and accept Jesus as their Savior, believing and trusting in the finished work of the cross and enjoying a relationship with you that's like none other. Lord, for the Christian today, Lord, I pray that they would understand how urgent the call of God is upon their life. And that, Lord, you call us to give what you have already given to us so that we can glorify the name of Jesus with it. Father, thank you for this opportunity to worship you. It's all about you. It's all about Jesus. And we thank you today for allowing us to meet together. And Lord, we pray that you've been glorified. And we pray for that person who might come to Jesus because of what you've said today. 
Lord, we do love you, and we thank you for first loving us, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. We give you praise in his name. Amen.